Hello, friends. Jim Nance. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> got a chance. Yes. He's done it! Wow! In your life! I don't know how you get much better than this. Heartbeat just went up 50 notches there, I think. Struck it nicely. Oh, Canada! Mike Weir has won the Masters. Waited all day long for that one. Well, Green Jacket is going north of the border. Celebration now. They've saved it for the perfect stage. Wow, that was loud. Still is. Welcome inside the historic first ever episode of the Pelt Pod, brought to you by Beaver Pelt Golf. We'll introduce you to the team, recap Augusta, make picks for the RBC Heritage, and introduce our signature segment, Damned If You Do, Damned If You Don't. It's all part of the debut episode of the Pelt Pod, and it starts right now. The Masters, boys. We can't not talk about this first. Um, back to its back to its traditional spot on the calendar in April. April versus November, we see see plenty of differences with the golf courses. Fish, uh, what did you see out there? What do you like better, April or November? I liked April. You know what? Uh, happy to be here, boys. This has been a long time coming. What a great event. You know, the Masters, nothing better to talk about than uh, the beginning of the golf season and kicking it off down in Augusta, Georgia with a little bit of normalcy. Like, watching this weekend was awesome, just seeing fans out on the golf course. You kind of forgot about, you know, what's going on in the world right now with, with COVID and just seeing fans. You, you just... You're just consumed by the moment, consumed by the fans, and, and it, what a great coverage, what a great tournament it was. And Hideki, you know, who would have thought, you know, he, he got the monkey off his back. He, he comes out one of the best amateurs of all time and, uh, and he gets his first major win. And I mean, he proved a lot of people wrong, wrong this week. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I can't, can't say anything else. What about you, Ben? I know you were catching the action yesterday. I think Hideki was so solid. It was only a matter of time until I think everybody knew he was going to win a big one. It was a matter of time. And after watching him on Saturday, that chip onto the 18th green, when he hit it 30 yards behind the green on Saturday night and made up and down, it, I was like, oh, my word, this is this guy's got it in the bag tomorrow. He's He's got ice in his veins. So he looks so solid. The, All the way around. The, the only mistake he made, the only mistake he made is he couldn't even find a uh, – a suit protector to carry the green jacket through the Indian airport. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know, Bish, if you'd be wear if you'd feel comfortable wearing RW and coat jacket that was fifty percent off. I don't even know if you would wear that in the Atlanta airport. Never mind it being like the green <laughs> jacket. That. Yeah, it would, you know, pretty I'll... cool nugget here that I thought, boys, ten years prior, Hideki in two thousand eleven won low am at the Masters. Yeah, seventh and seventh player to ever do that. He yeah. wins the Masters. I heard, I saw a great thing um, on Twitter this morning, and it was going, imagine the real winner is Hideki's translator, who might be the only guy uh, outside of the Champions Club that will be sitting at the head of the table for the Champions Dinner. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <in the> yeah. <laughs> <table>. so, <laughs> that guy's got himself a sweet game. Yeah, it does, doesn't. You know what? I uh, I heard today, I was listening to the No Laying Up podcast, you know, we were giving a little uh, pelt pump to them. Uh, I was listening to Neil talk and he and he, he said something today that was really kind of, did, did you catch the, the Butler Cabin uh, jacket presentation? 
I did not actually. You know, you you knew it was going to be a little bit difficult. Uh, not your you know your your same Butler cabin presentation with having a translator, and, and you know it was really short and brief as it, as it always is with that those first couple questions. You know, translator asked, you know, basically said to him, you know, you know, how happy are you? And he said two words: "I'm very happy." And after that, you know, it's it just very generic. But then, uh, you know, Jim Nance, as he does, and he, he asks those fantastic questions. And he talked to, uh, he asked the question about what this is going to mean, mean to Japan and Japanese culture and all the buzz that, uh, that Hideki had coming out of the gate as an amateur. And he gave a passionate, long response. And, and you could really see all the emotion kind of pour out there uh, of what it really meant to him and what it means to the, the, the you know, his whole team back in Japan cheering him on as a country, just much like Mike Weir did in 2003 for Canada. And, and we're, we're seeing, you know, what Mike Weir did in 2003 come in full circle with, you know, Corey Connors and Mackenzie Hughes watching, uh, watching him in 2003. Now they're out there on the tour. So it's kind of, mm. c- kind of neat to see what's, what's going to happen over the, the next uh, dozen years with Japanese golf and, and who this is going to inspire. Summer Olympics are in Japan this year. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if that's not going to grow the game over there, <laughs> what um, a poster boy! I don't really know what will, right? Yeah. So, what a I poster! Mean, like, I think too, with Weir, the same kind of thing. Like us Canadians can relate to. Um, we all remember where we were, how iconic of a moment it kind of was. Um, so, I'm sure those, the people in Japan, are kind of experiencing the same things we felt when we were youngsters i think faldo said on the broadcast to sunday afternoon he was coming down the back nine and he said i wouldn't be surprised if, if he pulls it off here he's gonna light the torch at the olympics so that'll be i really did hear cool yeah, to see that's, that's, if he gets he's it, gonna uh, do it if he gets that that'll be really cool and uh he's a young guy yeah he's 29 years yeah. old he you know very, I mean, how respectful of a of a guy is, is Hideki, just much like when Mike Weir won it. I mean, I think that's, I mean, if we want to embody the word respect, did you happen to see, a, I, I just sent it on my Instagram story of Hideki's caddy after uh, he took the flag, oh, fl- flag off the pin, puts the pin in the hole and bows to the, to the golf course. I mean, how much more respect can you have? It, that was that was really neat to see. I don't think we've ever seen that before. Quiet, humble guy, goes about his business, right? So... I mean, mm-hmm. even if you're not a huge fan, it's it's still hard not to, to root for him, right? And to piggyback on that, what about Will? Will Zalatoris talk about humble and looking the part. That guy looked every bit of it for a long, long time. Yeah, I love the swag he has, too. What was his quote? It was, I'm dumb enough to think I can play here. I'm dumb enough to think I can win it. I love and that. And I the rock star. He... And, uh, he reminds me of Jordan. On the radar. He reminds me of when Jordan came out on the scene and just, you know, he, he knew he belonged there, kind of, and he's coming out strong. And, I mean, if you followed him... Well, any a lot t- of these kids these days, days, too, right? Like, they come out no fear, right? They're just mm-hmm. firing out flagsticks, playing aggressive. And, well, they're so prepped I mean, now, right? They're so prepped with, sure. with coaching and, you know, they, they all... Any any or of those the, big schools, they're they coming out so strong on the, on the tour. And, you know, he didn't... He didn't get those big sponsors ex- exemptions in after university. He he went yeah, that corn ferry route he, and he battled. Yeah, he, he earned his way, right? Yeah, he, you know he had a dominant performance last year on the corn corn ferry tour and this year, and you know he he technically can't play in the FedEx Cup final because he's not a full member on the PGA Tour right now. He needs a win, which is just 
crazy to just think about. And, you know, I, I'm expecting to hear from a, a couple tour players that, you know, look at, he's competing with us at, at the very best. How does he not get that, you know, deserve a spot to be competing? Yeah. How does that point? work? So if he, if he gets enough for the next cup points, I think he, he'll end up earning status on the tour. Yeah. And that's just how he's going to, he's, he's going to, yeah. if he doesn't continue to play well right now, he's not going to, um, He's not going to get those points, obviously. But he, as far as I'm, I know he needs a win in order to get himself mm-hmm. that PGA Tour uh, membership right now. So let's look at his world golf ranking right here. Current forty three, and that's how we played last week. Right? Yeah, yeah, he's forty. I like the story that came out uh, that Romo had on him. Tony Romo had Will Zalatoris on his radar a few years ago and actually requested to play with him at the AT and T Pro Am at Pebble. And he was ranked 2006th in the world at the time. And Romo actually texted Nance and said, look out for this kid. He's a top 20 player in the world right now. And he's going to be a mainstay out there. And actually followed up with told you this kid is going to be something. And I think he's going to do it this weekend. So I just, I, I just thought yeah, that Tony was, was cool. Like, we yeah, need Tony he, on he the pod here. Nice. The guy, the guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How, how does he? He's calling out plays. He's calling yeah. golfers. Who's the next protege? And man. But that's, that's just a guy who just loves the game of golf, you know? Former NFL player and just is eat, sleeping, living golf right now. And it's awesome to see. Yeah, you can play too. Oh, he d- mm. darn right he can. It's awesome. But, you know, and he told Zalatoris to shut off his phone all weekend and watch the movie. <laughs> so he, did. He, sh- he apparently actually did it. He yeah. shut off his phone and he, and he didn't get back to anyone until after the weekend. Crazy. Not, not many 24 year olds can do that. <laughs> no, exactly. But, uh, boys, enough of Hideki, enough of Zalatoris, even though they had great performances finishing one and two at the Masters this year. I mean, we would be totally remiss at the, uh, being the Beaver Pelt Pod going by and not talking about uh, Corey Connors, Mackenzie Hughes, and the effort they put forth this uh, this week and what that means to the Canadian golf moving forward here. Um, I mean, we, we saw Corey. We saw, I mean, how many times did you see the replay of that hole-in-one? But, uh, you know, we'll talk about mm-hmm. Corey in a second. But I just want to make sure that we give our props to Mackenzie. What a great week this week at, uh, at the Masters, making the cut, you know, three rounds at even par. And uh, you can't really say he stumbled because it's it's Augusta and it, it can do that to you. But uh, finishing four over for the tournament, what a, what a great week he had. Corey's back-to-back top tens in the Masters. That's, that's pretty special stuff. And then for Mac, I mean, that's his, it's only his second Masters, right? So yeah. for him to play, play the weekend, I mean, that's that's something to build off for sure. And I'm sure that'll give him a lot of confidence. Yeah, we, we're, we're always tracking Mac, uh, especially on the Pelt Pod here. Uh, f- former uh, high school golf coming out of Dundas, Ontario, the, the Highland Hawks golf team, stellar golf team. Uh, we were, we were, we were, right we, uh, he was our whole team, uh, little a lot pal- of locker room guys, a lot of glue guys. We, we had tons a lot of glue, glue guys. guys, tons of glue guys. <laughs> it was a great squad, but, uh, we got to give a pelt pump out to Mac and, uh, and what a great, 
great week putting Dundas on the map, that's for sure. Moving on to even a smaller town, Listowel, Ontario, Corey Connors. And how Canadian iconic is it if you, you get a, you know, a Tim Hortons donut with some extra green sprinkles on it from your hometown mate after you. So uh, Listowel, Ontario, I mean, what a great golf club there. If you follow them on Twitter, Listowel Golf Club, I mean, the members are great. The support that they have for, for Corey, you, you see it firsthand on their on just on their Twitter account. The local Tim Hortons there in Listowel, they, uh, they had a Corey Connors Masters Edition uh, donut. It was, uh, it was quite something special. I mean, w- what better moment can you have as a Canadian uh, professional athlete than get a donut made after you? From Tim Hortons? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that, like, like, that's the dream right there for me. Like, getting a donut made a after Corey you? Connors donut with my double-double? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. The way he hits the ball, like, he is going to be there a lot of weeks. And I don't know, I heard uh, even on Twitter people were talking, oh, Connors, his putting isn't there. So I don't know, if that, is that a thing? Because whenever I see him, ball striking is unbelievable. And it's like, is, is it the putter that's holding him back? Is it? Is that a shortcoming of his game? Like, I, 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 I would say it's surprising that people would say that. Yeah, I'm not a big like I'm not a big into the stats kind of strokes gain putting strokes gain yeah. all that stuff. But I think just from, I mean, watching, I would say yeah, probably that's his weakness. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, that's just it's kind of magnified because he hits it so solid. Sure, it yeah, actually that's a great like point. His, his short game is not at the same level. Because mm-hmm. he almost won at Bay Hill even a month or so ago and just missed a couple par putts down the stretch that kept him out of the winner's circle. But it was like, wow, this guy has everything that it takes on the big stage. Yeah, I, 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 I would pick out Jamie's word there on magnified. I think that we're seeing mm-hmm. Corey at the top of the leaderboard so much that, you know, it. It's hard to win out on the PGA Tour. Look at Joel da- Damon, or Damon, however you want to pronounce it there, Wilson. I know Damon, you're going to correct, yes. correct me there. When he won the other week. When he won the other week, and he says that right on the green, it's so hard to win out on the PGA Tour. And, and you, you look at Corey Connors and what he's done over the last you know year and a half and, and being in contention in big tournaments. And yeah, you're going to miss putts down the stretch. Putting on the PGA Tour is under pressure, and you're playing for, I mean, they're not playing for the money out there they're playing for w's that's as far as i'm concerned the money the money's there exactly people fail to realize that tour players are 50 percent from eight feet that's the cutoff like putting's yeah. hard especially if you when you're getting on greens that they're putting on and some of the pin, pin locations you add the pressure the money doesn't matter it's the w's that they're chasing and we're watching them on sunday afternoon and you know you've everyone's seen that meme with the fat guy on the couch laughing at the guy who missed a short putt and saying he could do that like it's it's easy to sit on the couch and say you know he's bad at putting i i i kind of disagree with it he's world-class player he's a friggin fantastic mm-hmm. putter but in compared to how good of yeah, a ball, you wouldn't get in, to that level yeah. if you weren't if all aspects of your yeah. game were but in solid, comparison right? to, to his ball striking he's just such a good ball striker and you can't pick any part of his other game apart than mm-hmm. his putting and you see that down down the stretch because he's such a good ball striker jamie and i were talking earlier today just about ball striking and what that means at augusta national you know Corey connors patrick patrick reed uh smith and who was the fourth one mm-hmm. there james john rom john rom their last two mm-hmm. masters they've, they've top 10 i mean that just goes to show you it's a ball strikers golf course which brings us into bryce yeah. bryson de channel that that distance back a little bit because it's a ball strikers course not a distance course right so on Corey there i i think his 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 putting 
yeah, is it the weakest part of his game? Yeah, and he's, he's, is he trying to, to get it, you know, become better? Absolutely. But I don't necessarily think he's a weak putter. And Corey um, and the Mike Weir factor, I thought that was pretty cool to listen to. And even the visual of Weirsy being on the putting green with Connors before he went out, that was pretty cool. You go back to the effect that, that uh, Matsuyama was going to have in Japan. I mean, Corey Connors is a product of the Mike Weir, so I thought that was amazing. Yeah, yeah, and we're seeing it firsthand, right? So, I mean, let's be honest here. Beer didn't have to stick around. He didn't play the weekend. No. Um, so mm. it kind of it kind of shows what kind of guy Mike is, too. And, and it's neat that, you know, it's not just past winners there for support. Seeing at, uh, at the Masters sticking around, do you see Max Homa watching, catching some of the uh, the action over the weekend? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was neat. Yeah. It's a place that people just want to be a part, a part of, and you know what I really miss is is just that first uh, that that Wednesday when you're they're able to go out there and play the par three contest. I really missed that the last two years. I think it's just such a a great way that's to a get the point, co- man. I didn't really think of that too much. It, it, yeah, just the community. Goal. Then you, you you get Jack out there. You you get Gary out there. You you get the <laughs> exactly. double hole of ones with Ricky. I mean, let's not talk about Ricky in the Masters right now, um, and and Justin Thomas. <laughs> I mean, th- that was. That's awesome. But yeah, you know what I just love about that is they put the pin locations in such easy, like, I mean, they're all very easy spots on the green where you're going to probably see a hole in one in that, uh, in that, uh, par three contest and you get your first roar at Augusta of the week, which is just chilling. And that just, it just starts the week off so well, just getting one Augusta roar out of the way and just tease you up for Thursday morning. So the, the pelt pod here. Brought to you by, by Beaver Pelt. What's the biggest thing that we're going to be trying to do on the Pelt Pod, Ben? We're growing the game, period, full stop. In all honesty, Jacob, it's it's a place of community. It's Canadian golf by Canadian golfers, come one, come all. I would say it really comes down to that, is, is growing the game, promoting it, being an ambassador for it, uh, exploring ways for people to get into it, sharing stories that come from it, sharing the people uh, that are a part of the, the world of golf. I said it's all of those things but uh for me i i see it as a as a place of community which is so awesome i think we're in such a unique spot here and i'm gonna say we're i would i would say we we got a little bit more of a a, a spoiled look with uh with, with golf growing up you know we we, mm-hmm. we got, you know we worked throughout the industry so we got to learn different facets of the industry but we also played at some private golf clubs growing up golf's growing so fast we're seeing tea times mm-hmm. booked up People because of COVID, golf's never been in a better better state ever to grow it a little bit and, and share some of these stories of some of the people we're going to interview. I mean, it, it's and that that's all I want to do here is just continue to grow the game and, and share some of these stories. James, we, we're we're trying to tailor this to every type of golfer. Whether you're out there four times a week, whether you're out there once every two weeks with your buddies, whatever it might be, we want to give everyone kind of a, an avenue to learn about the game have a chance to grow the game and see where it takes us we're yes we happen to be a a podcast but we're an engine that's really just trying to to unite the golf world in canada there is so much passion there is so many cool people a part of the game up here there's so many cool places things tournaments stories i think it's endless so 
the pelt pod beaver pelt is a community it's a place for golfers to come together to hang out to talk golf to and to ultimately grow golf so those listening get get uh get used to uh, our our weekly episodes here on the pelt pod you can find us on at pelt pod on instagram on twitter and uh and just share our account you know follow our account and follow what we have to say and, and make sure that you're interacting with us uh whenever you can we want to hear from you we want to hear what you want to listen to and uh and we're listening we're going to move on to uh nice. to a, a, our weekly uh segment damned if you do damned if you don't Sable camp oof a lapse in judgment there and i don't think that was a huge I'll tell sign of who Siwoo Kim is the breaking of the putter on 15, Jamie. I don't know. What did you think about that? For most of you guys saw it, but uh, for those who didn't, uh, in Friday's second round, Siwoo, um, like Ben said, a little lapse in judgment, uh, breaks the putter on hole 15, uh, <laughs> forcing, him, forcing him to putt with a fairway <laughs> for the last four holes. Uh. Um, you hate I mean, to see it. <laughs> I mean, he two putted out, um, which is, I mean, all things considered, not bad. But he did have some capable looks, right? So you, you can't help but think that probably cost him at least a stroke in the tournament. Anywhere but Augusta. Um, but I guess my my question for you guys would be: Is uh, are you going fairway wood? Or are you going wedge? I've always been a blade the wedge type of guy. I I. That's why I don't take fairway from the fringe. Is you just don't know if it is. You're playing it off the toe to deaden it, but you catch a hot one off the face yeah. and you crank it too too far. That's why I just go with what's the most predictable. I kind of think blading it with a wedge so what, is the most what predictable. Leg? What leg I'm going are you using? I, honestly. Your most lofted or 56. I, I'm I go with my most lofted. I don't, I'm not out there every day grinding it, but only because if I'm chipping around a green and I chip it close and I'm putting it in, I'm most of the time I've got a 58 with my hand, so I'm most comfortable with that. So I would probably, if I was Siwoo, I'd pull a 58 out. Even though I think probably the right choice is a 50 degree, I'm still going to say 58. I like 50. It's uh, uh, 56 is too terrifying. And <laughs> I mean, Tiger Tiger says he starts mornings with blading, uh, just hitting putts, blading his 56 degree wedge. So, I mean, that's that's like scripture. I just, I read that, I go with it. You might say he's damned if he does and damned if he doesn't. Well, exactly. I, right. I, I, either way, he's in a. He, he can argue both ways, right? And I mean, I, it's I tough. It comes down to preference a little bit too. It, it definitely is, right? I mean, if he were to answer that question for you, he's probably going to say he practices it all the time because that's what he gets paid to do. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, one of these three dudes, no. Yeah, exactly. But you know, it's. Unfortunately, I'm going to say I've broken my putter in a round of golf before in junior inter club. So I've been there. Oh, uh, I've had a, had a, I used my, I used my wedge. So that's why I'm going to stick, stick with my guns and say my wedge. He was the only one in his group a hole after that on 16 <laughs> that two putted. <laughs> the other two guys in his group three putted. That was I fantastic. Didn't, I didn't see that. That's amazing. I saw that. Well, leading into our, our next uh, damned if you do, damned if you don't. So, boys, uh, moving on here to the second part of Damned If You Do, Damned If You Don't. Uh, something that may have gone a little bit under the radar this weekend. Uh, not sure if all you folks uh, caught on to this at all, but Matt Wolf getting DQ'd from the tournament for signing an incorrect scorecard. 17th hole, records a lower score on his scorecard than he actually made. Automatic disqualification out of the golf tournament. Now, if you sign on Twitter right after, 
there was some heat. There were people saying that he did this on purpose uh, so that it didn't affect his stats. Um, what are your thoughts on this, guys? Uh, do you think someone would do this on purpose to just have their stats uh, not, not show up? <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't. who am I to say whether he did it on purpose? Or exactly. Not, right? I mean, we'll let, we'll let that uh, kind of go. But, um, let the Twitter underworld govern? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not in a position to do that. No, I, um, I guess to me the bigger, bigger argument is, is should we like is signing your scorecard a part of the game, and everyone should do it? Or in today's era of technology with shot link, we know everyone, everyone's score. Um, can the tour just use that? What do you think, Ben? I think it's your score. You keep it. You write it down. It's your responsibility to have someone attest for it. And, I mean, at the end of the day, you're shooting it. You should be marking it down um, and being accountable for it. The whole Matt Wolf thing is so weird because it's like, yes, with, with Shotlink and, and Marshalls and scores and yeah. every, you got thousands of eyes on you. How do you write down the wrong number? Um, so that just... I can see how the speculation starts because that's just such a crazy mistake to wrap your head around. But I think uh, I stand firm and it's a, it's a crazy rule. I mean, you get one number wrong, you're disqualified. Well, I mean, if you, if you put an extra zero on, on a bill at work, I mean, you're probably going to get fired too. There's consequences, there's consequences that come, that come with the stuff. And yeah, For sure. off are, are crazy. But when you write down a score, man, you did that. You better be accountable. And that, and that's why you have your attester to, uh, to yep. double check. So I don't know. Maybe I'm, uh, maybe I'm in, way off. In, yeah. I think in golf, to you've me, got think, two things. You've got two things to do when you're on the golf course. You've got the responsibility mm -hmm. to write down your own score and the responsibility on how you act. And if you can't do both of those, right? I'm sure we all act out sometimes. We've all had our times. But if you can't be responsible to record your own score, I mean, that's part of the game. And that's one of the first things we learn. I mean, if you look at the first tee, how many freaking golf channel uh, commercials did you see about the first tee and learning about integrity and honesty? And if you can't follow those core values of golf, then you probably shouldn't be out on the on the golf course. And nevertheless, the PGA Tour. Mm -hmm. So that I, that's I'm where I'm. The other side, boys. You're, you're um, going to say um, if at the end of the day, I mean, we see replay in other sports. The whole idea is to quote get it right. Then why don't we just take this guy's score for what he shot? With, I mean, you said all the cameras out there, all the shot link people. I mean. We know what he's mm. shooting. Why does he need to go sign it? Um, I mean, I, I guess the only argument for your side would be, yeah, you almost have a different set of rules for, I mean, the PGA Tour and LPGA Tour versus amateur golf amateur and whatnot. Golf, yeah. But they I don't have the, the luxury level, of a score, right? Yeah, well, mm. these guys have earned the right to be out there. So, I mean, let them, let someone else keep their score. Um, yeah, get it right. I mean, that's that's the quote I would use. Um, and yeah, that's kind of my stance on it. I definitely see it because I think the the scary part of, or rather, the consequences that come in this type of speculation that comes out of an issue like this is, well, the rules are stupid, and it scares mm -hmm. people away. Yeah. Um, I think that's really at the core of what's scary here. Uh, you know, get it right is is the right answer. Every, you know, however, whoever marks it, 
whoever is governing the scoring, you just want to see it be done right. But I think the most true and most the, the, the straightest path to getting the right score is having whoever shot the score market and have someone who was there to attest the score, attest it. Handing it over to a governing body, I think, brings on a whole nother, another For, for sure. Issues. Well, I totally see it. I totally see both sides, and it's kind of almost, it's messy, because it's like rules are scary and rules turn people off, so how do we how do we fine-tune them and <laughs> make, I mean, make, make the rules playable, if that can be said? Yeah, yeah. We're, we, well, we kind of lose out on... Damned if uh, you do, damned if you don't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, you're damned exactly. if you do, you're damned if you don't. But you know, you're you're gonna lose out those good moments. Of did you? Did, I'm sure you have all seen it when Bryson was. I mean, he made a mess of a hole in his heads, and his eyes are looking up in the sky, and he's counting. You can see him mouthing the numbers in one, two, three, yep. four, five, mm-hmm. six. I mean, those are those are moments that you just get you chuckling out on the golf course because these guys have to count when they make a bad number. They got to count sometimes, and uh, mm-hmm. I think you that's get a awesome. Kevin Na moment. Yeah, exactly. Well, Jeez. Yeah. Not to mention, account uh, calling penalties on yourself would be super complicated at that point too. If someone else would, it's almost like you'd have to argue with your score that the ball did move, and in fact, you should get a penalty. I mean, the scorer is like, no, no, it didn't. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> no, no, I just saw this happen. So I don't know. It's it's interesting, and I'm really interested to see how well, well, what will happen in the future. Another little segment here that we're going to be doing on the Pell Pod is we're going to be picking players who we think are going to win the next week. Folks, we're not gambling. We're not experts in this uh, as much as what Jamie will tell you. He's an expert in, uh, in sports gambling. We're not. So uh, gamble responsibly. But moving on to the next week, RBC Heritage. Ben, who do you got? I got Webb Simpson. You've got Webb. Webb's, that's a good pick. Spider Webb. Webb Simpson. I will be probably watching him in his yellow shirt and black hat and black pants in the second to last group on Sunday afternoon, and he will pull it off. So you're picking a pass winner, Vending. I am. That's a good pick. I like it. James? I'm going to I'm gonna roll with uh, Abe Answer. Honestly, Abe. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Yeah, I think this course is kind of right up his alley. I think he played well last year. Um, yeah, he was yeah. fighting Webb down the stretch. Yeah, so it's... We'll have a Batman battle on Sunday again, and hopefully uh, Abe, Abe can pull through. It's really hard to pick him, but I'm going to have to. Uh, Matt Kuchar. Mm. I, I, I have to pick him. RBC guy? He's an RBC guy. He's won there before. It's He's just a player that's he has been playing pretty decent. You know, he played well at the WGC. Um I gotta pick him. You know, he's. I think the golf course sets up well to him, for him as well. So, I'm going with 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 Cooch. I think the most disappointing thing of, of next week is we got to say goodbye to the Masters app and, and what that meant to us. And we had that luxury last week of watching every shot. I mean, what do you guys think about that app? And is are we going to see something like that down the road coming to every tournament? Yeah, I think it's totally. only a matter of time for the PGA Tour gets on board with with what the Masters had. For those of you who uh, didn't see or were unaware of the Masters app. Um, it's fantastic. You download it on your phone. You can track every shot of every golfer, and it's it's really a thing of beauty. I don't know what else to say, but uh, what did you think of it, Ben? Yeah, I thought it was un- <laughs> unbelievable. It's like stepping into like an app in 2060. <laughs> um, just, <laughs> just to go on and... 
uh, obsess over Corey Connors' back nine simultaneously while screaming at the TV to show Corey Connors is a thrill in and of itself. So uh, I love it. I can't wait to see what happens in the world of you know network broadcasts, especially for golf, because times are changing. And if you got models like that that can show every single shot, especially as the gambling tidal wave keeps coming closer to shore it's going to be so interesting to see how we're watching golf in 10 20 years is it just a three-hour block on network cable or is it on our phones across platforms like twitch i don't know but just to 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 cruise around the masters app um for a weekend is or a week rather is so cool and they are so ahead of everybody else well, I, I saw something this week that I, I haven't seen before and, and seeing uh, speaking about sports betting and the, the guys from Barstool, the, the foreplay pod, uh, they're, they were gambling on every shot. So they were cheering when I think it was Rory missed the fairway on 14 and they're betting on that. Didn't know you could do that. That's, uh, I mean, I'd I, bet Rory to miss every fairway. Yeah. I mean, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially now. Hitting into players, uh, people's pools. That was incredible. Yeah, exactly. Jeez. <laughs> guys, all over. But, but uh, you know what? I just got to ha- share one more tidbit of a story. If you didn't hear it on Barstool, uh, this one's quite cool. Um, a guest was out playing um, at Augusta National. Gets a hole in one on one of the par threes. So he said, "Hey, you know what? We're mm-hmm. gonna we're gonna put something together for you. Uh, we want to get give you something special." And a couple months went by, and he get this. He got this hand-painted uh, picture of him uh, with this hole-in-one on the hole and a picture of it. And they said, well, you know... I think it was number 12. I heard the story. Yeah, and you, we, they said they'd mm-hmm. like to proudly uh, invite you to accept this piece, but it's going to cost you $50,000. <laughs> and I was like, when I first heard this, I'm like, what? And I guess this guy debated it so much because what a special place Augusta National is and what that'll do it do to us golf nuts that he ended up biting the bullet. And buying this painting for fifty thousand dollars. You guys take visa? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, what Augusta National did is they said this was so special to you that you you pulled the trigger on a fifty thousand dollar painting, and that Augusta meant this much to you. They gave him a membership. Hello. Could you imagine? That's a good wow. <laughs> that My is a great goodness. investment if I've ever seen what one. What an absolute nail gun move! Just to go. Yeah, 50K, no problem, let's do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> that is unbelievable. But um, I mean, that's what Augusta, Augusta that does. Add, adds to the Disney World type vortex effect it has. It's like when you do stuff like that and it gets out, like, oh my word, that's so cool. Those are the, like those stories that you just, they wouldn't advertise it, but you hear it and you go, wow, that place is just magical. It is Disney World. It's adult mm-hmm. Disney World. I mean, Jamie, you've been there on the grounds. I mean, like it's yeah, it's it's, uh, it's next level. It's uh, it's 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 hard to put into words, really. Um, what was like I your mean, biggest takeaway? If you could, if you could even boil it down to one, I don't know. I I feel like the biggest cliche thing, which I mean is true, is how hilly it is, and mm-hmm. I mean you you can't see it on TV. I know everyone says that. Um, mm-hmm. that's for sure. Um, I just think like 
everything is so accessible too. Like it's really, it's so easy to get from point A to point B. And then even when I'm watching on TV now, I can, I just picture like where on the property each hole is kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty cool. Cool. It, one day, bless. One day. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But any other takeaways, boys? You know what? No. I mean, it was awesome talking to you guys here on the on the pod. I'm excited to uh, to continue to do this on a, on a weekly basis with you. I mean, I'm I'm sure you'll get sick of hearing my voice, and we'll get sick of hearing your voice too sometimes, Ben. But uh, I won't get sick of hearing those intros. That's for sure. Jamie's in the clear on all this anyway. He's 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 our locker room guy. He's our leader. He'll yeah. carry us where we need to go. Jamie's our glue guy. Yeah, Huge exactly. Guy. All right, boys. It was fun, boys. That was a lot of good chat with you. Thanks for listening to episode one of the Pelt Pod. If you want to follow us on Instagram at Pelt Pod or Twitter at Pelt Pod, can't wait to hear from you. See you next week for episode two.